Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. I'm joined by the Twitch chat, as you can see here, where we've had a really interesting conversation about skill expression in Warhammer Age of Sigmar, which is a perfect setup for being able to talk about the event results that have occurred from around the world. This weekend, we had a bunch of Age of Sigmar tournaments. We always look at events that have had um, five rounds and have happened over two days. Sometimes there's a few more rounds, or those are really rare. And sometimes there's like team formats we don't really look at, but we might look at in the future. And uh, we look at the event results. And we do that so we can look at some of the armies and the players and we can recognize how important skill expression is in Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar is ultimately a game, a tabletop game, made up of fantasy miniatures that are fun and really engaging to play with. If you're out there and thinking, I think competitive play isn't fun, you're wrong. Everyone who goes to events has a ball. They have a great time. Oh, I don't want to play the top army. Don't worry about that. There's loads of people who play other armies and they do really well with them um uh, i don't think it's particularly narrative then you're an idiot like there we go really easy so that's what we do and we do this every monday on twitch you can join by the twitch community here uh where i'm live monday through to friday discussing all topics of the day and being a hobbyist in the warhammer world and other worlds as well i guess um and uh yeah we're gonna look at the event results now if that's good with everyone um uh right okay uh, so let's go look at the first event result, which, and before I get into this, you can go and check out all the event results uh, on, oh, you can go and check out all the stats, sorry, on thehonestwargamer.com and look at the stats tab if you want to, and you can see all of the hard work done by Ziggy and Rob to bring you the most up-to-date and relevant stats, so you can understand what's happening in the world, they're made up of event results from two-day, five-round events, sometimes five rounds in one day, but only for the mental, and... Uh, you can see how uh, your favourite faction might be doing or might not be doing. Uh, there is uh, the event results for the narrative tournaments are on the narrativewargamer.com, um, uh, and you can go check out all the event results there. Uh, for which is the most storyable uh, army, which is all of them. Okay, right. So uh, the first one we're going to talk about is the Smash and Bash GT. Uh, now I do have some information on this, so just give me a second because uh, I would love to. Uh, just quickly, uh, my friend Rob always sends me all the info when I do this, which is just, he's just the best. He's just such a good guy. Um, right, okay, this isn't me. So it's 40 players, and it was in Texas in the US. Now, Tom Guan, the coach, and maybe the most chaotic uh, Warhammer player in the world, um, won with his Thunder Lizards, um, and is coming to the World Championships event. Yeah, hashtag not masters. So we have here in the TSN arena, I'm recording this live in Nottingham, we have a top 16 of players from around the world that have performed well in uh, the, the individual player stats. And we've invited them all to play in a free tournament and Tom will be attending that event, so Tom Guan. So let's have a look at what's in his list. So he's representing the Texan team, the Harambe's Heroes. Uh, they are a group who believe that ever since Harambe died, the world hasn't been right ever since. And they're taking as many weird lists as possible to try to correct the timeline. It's kind of like a, a Time Cop Warhammer crossover featuring, I wouldn't say, I'd say Ethan Hawke would be in it. Probably. I feel like he'd be in it. That's who it'd be. Um, okay, so he's got a Seraphon army, uh, a Thunder Lizard army, and he's got an Engine of the Gods, Lord Croak, uh, Astroth Banabera, a Celestine Prime, he's got 10 Saurus Guard, oh, is this done in the app? Terrible. Uh, two lots of 10 Skinks, and then three Bastillons with the Arcus, so take as we call this, Darren Special, uh, and a Realm Shaper Engine, and a Horogast. Okay, let's explain this a little bit, uh, and how this works. So Thunder Lizard, if you don't know, Seraphon or Dinosaur Army. <laughs> uh, Thunder Lizard is one of the sub-factions you can take. And the important part about Thunder Lizard is it makes all the monsters have an additional two wounds, which is cool. And also they reduce the damage that's coming into them by one. So if you've got a damage two weapon, it becomes a damage one weapon. If you have a damage one weapon, it stays as a damage one weapon. So the way to beat it, if it's possible to beat it, which it looks unlikely as this went 5-0, um, is to have a lot of damage one attacks. Now, the way it works is it does lots and lots of mortal wounds. Lord Croak's got the ability to do a spell which Slan can do called Comet's Call, which does D6 mortal wounds. Um, he's also got an AoE spell, which does mortal wounds. He's also got a spell uh, which can clear hordes. Uh, and then he's got the Celestine Prime, which is able to point to an area and do mortal wounds. And then he's got the Realm Shaper Engine, which can blow up pieces of terrain, causing mortal wounds. And then he's got three Bacillodons with Arc of Sotek, which are kind of like big tanky turtles with a one-up armor save. And they do mortal wounds in combat. 
Um, uh, so that's even more mortal wounds. And they don't die. So it's just a lot and lot and lot of damage. You should be able to kill lots of like the support characters which help make an army really good early. Um, and uh, yeah, a really fantastic little army there. Um, see you later, fish. Look after yourself. Um, uh, so there we go. Uh, so yeah, 5-0, excellent, excellent little army, uh, really fun. Uh, now, if you were thinking about picking up this army, I wouldn't pick it up at the moment with the GHB. That's the General's Handbook, which is released, was released, sorry, every year. Now will be released every six months, or something like it will be released every six months, according to Games Workshop. Um, the most likely elements of this list will change. Uh, specifically, I assume the minus one damage might go away, but it might not. Uh, but that's what's made the army so, so effective, because a lot of the scary armies out there are damage too or you know you normally pay a lot of points to have a weapon that instead of being damage one is damage two is now reduced so there we go um so uh, yeah they got like <laughs> he's got a six pack of beer on the sides which does more wounds i think if you if you tap it out you end up with 83 mortal wounds i think it might be nine i think it might be eight depends what happens with the uh engine of the gods because you can you can activate that twice um so if you get in range uh you can do some really good stuff he's also got the prayer curse uh, which also, you can make a unit take mortal wounds. <laughs> uh, so there we go. That's uh, that's everything. So that's Tom Guan. Uh, then you had Randall Brasher with the Cities of Sigmar Tempestile list. Jacob Matthias with a Blood Gullet list. Oh my god, that's exciting. An Ogre list going 4-1. This is really cool. Oh my god. Is he written a whole story for this? Nilgaruk, the Epicurean of the Eight Points. Bane of Behemoth, the Feast Day Fiend, Magma Muncher, the Fish Fire, Gobbler of Ghosts and Geists, the Boil Bashing Bastard, Mushroom Muncher, the Snake Snacker, the Boat Basher, the Sorrow of Storms, the Pillager of the Pompous, Bone Breaking Bully, the Scarbrand Smasher, the Breaker of the Faint Maker, the Brutalist of the Brutal, the Savagest of the Savage, Cruise of the Cruel, the Croaker of the Croak, Alario's Annihilation, 13 time Rat Eating Champion, the Club Crawl Cracker, Veteran Manny, uh, Grand Overtower at the Stone Eyes, and Gammon, Spawn of Akuma, was his Frostlord and Stonehorn. Wow, that's a lot of names. Um, uh, like, that is a lot of names. So he's got Frostlord and Stonehorn, Slaughtermaster, and Butcher, and then he had, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, two units of six Ogre Gluttons. Wow. Okay, uh, so you don't generally tend to see Ogre Gluttons uh, in any army. So this is super rare. So I'm really excited about this. Uh, you rarely see the lads, uh, or the bigs as they know. Uh, and uh, a unit of six Iron Guts. Now the Iron Guts are actually good, I guess, versus the Gluttons, which aren't, I guess. It's kind of my general feeling on the situation. But eight Iron Guts are great, um, and will do a lot of damage. Whereas uh, the six Ogre Gluttons are there? I'm going to say that they're there. Uh, and then he's got another Stonehorn Beast Rider. So the way ogres normally work is they hold objectives by counting as more on uh, on a primary objective than their opponent. They've also got some good monsters which will be able to achieve battle tactics really nicely. For instance, kill a battle line uh, can sometimes be quite difficult for an army that doesn't necessarily have a very fighty monster uh, because you get an additional bonus point for doing it with a monster. But a Frostlord and Stonehorn obviously can do that. It's got all the punch. It's got all the punch for days. So does a Stonehorn on Beast Riders, although that's a little bit more susceptible to being debuffed. Um... The Iron Guts will meet Muller stuff, but you don't get an additional victory point. So the Ogre's Book has always been really interesting because you hold objectives with the units you want to go and kill stuff, um, uh, but you basically just guard dog objectives. So uh, I think the Ogre's maybe were screens? I don't know, but what a fantastic result. A seven drop as well. Well done. Well done. That is a really resounding result for Jacob. He should be super chuffed with himself. I'm not reading the Cities of the Sigma list because I'm pretty certain I know what it is. Uh, Christopher Schelling with Stormcast Eternals list. Esteban Santos with a Deepkin. Load of Nautilar lists out there in the wild at the moment. These are the ones that I'm seeing the most, which is honestly to me very surprising. Um, but I personally, and my co-host for, for doing live coverage, uh, Adam, doesn't agree uh, I personally think that having a turtle or a Leviadon in an Ineth Deepkin list generally makes it much, much better, um, having played with one recently, but uh, he doesn't agree with that. And uh, But it does seem a lot of the players playing at tournaments do agree. So he's got, um, uh, we've got a Ineth Deepkin Nautilar list, and that allows you to take the Leviadon as battle line. That's why I started talking about the Leviadon. He's got um, the, <laughs> he's also got a named character. Banrun Ra Cruelwater, Merciless Fighter of the Bloodied Serpent, Achaelian King. Oh my god. Um, 
Uh, and he's got uh, uh, the he's got unstoppable fury. So this is the command trait that you're going to see forever uh, on an Achillean king. Um, like you know, uh, all command traits are not made equal. Some command traits are just better than other command traits. And this unstoppable fury one is the one that's just going to be. I mean, this is just an amazing unit for 250 points. You generally can yeet this uh, a uh, Achillean king has become this kind of like a smash captain from 40k. Uh, if you ever followed 40k, if not, it's just a it's just a nuclear missile. Well, that's probably not the right description. Um, uh, probably the right description is something I probably can't say. But he's effectively someone that goes and just like detonates, runs in, detonates everything around him, and then dies quite easily. Uh, so make your own analogies as you wish. Um, uh, and then he's got a Thrallmaster, a Soul Render, a Tidecaster, and Lotan. So a load of characters in that list, and that's because they're all buffing up this big unit of 30 thralls. 390 points for 30 thralls is fantastic value. Like, absolutely fantastic value. I could genuinely see having two units of 30 thralls in a very, like, combat-y, kind of like a reverse Mortec Guard, where Mortec Guard are far more survivable and attrition much better, and their output is good, um, whereas thralls are less survivable, but their output is crazy, crazy. So a little bit more Glass Hammer. Um, so yeah, just very, very cool, those 30 thralls. And you get a bunch of stuff here, specifically getting plus one to wound off that, um, off Lotan, uh, who's just amazing, like really good. And you got the Leviadon, he's giving you plus one save as well. So some really nice stuff with the uh, Aneth Deepkin army. It's turn one, they can ignore shooting. They've kind of got this odd double indemnity that like, so they, that you can't shoot them on the first turn, but they also get cover and plus one save from a Leviadon. So you get plus two to their save, which obviously you can only have plus one, but that means plus one ignoring rend of one, which is huge before you even take cover, which is massive. So it's super survivable. I might talk more in broken statements <laughs> over the next. <laughs> anyway, the uh, is five plus one minus one to extra saves. It adds up. Yeah, it, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Like, I'm not saying that they're not hard, they're not easy to kill, right? Uh, but they're, I think that, like, they're at the slightly, I think you get slightly more out output from the thralls, but they're slightly less survivable than the Mortec Guard. Like, that's what I'm trying to get at, right? Especially, obviously, in Petrofex, right? So, um, uh, so there we go. And then you've got the Leviadon, yeah, nailed it. Okay, so Leviadon's amazing, uh, especially in Nautilus, because you can use a monstrous action to make his fin be Ren 3. Otherwise, you end up with, like, not particularly punchy monster, um, having used it very recently. Uh, the, I personally think that that Ren 3 is actually really good. Like, actually really good, because uh, it makes, like, what is a really decent attack just go through armor saves much easier, especially in the safe stacking meta. And uh, people can say the safe stacking meta isn't gone, but the game state is that there's still lots of safe stacking occurring. Like, you quite comfortably get units adding plus two to their save that weren't pointed to have plus two to their save. So I think that's that's fairly a fair statement to make still. Um, so, yeah, uh, like, super cool list. And great seeing it go 4-1, if I'm honest with you. Uh, it really is. Uh, and then Magikin and Ogre. Oh, that's fine. We did that. Okay, someone said that this was a Tempest Eye list uh, run by the Weird Knobs guys. I love those guys out in Texas. Uh, Tempest Eye, uh, Baba Bugman's Hurricaneum, All Pistolers, Ironbreakers, Four Stone Trait Guard. You fucking tricked me. And an Ironclad. Okay, that was different. <laughs> and an Ironclad. Fun. All right, that's fun. Uh, how many drops is it? Three. Okay, Four Stone Trait Guard. It's still the same though, isn't it? It's just it's just the same with flavor, like, um, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so this is a Tempest Eye is an <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's got Stormbreak Guy. You fucking got me, chat. I can't believe you made me read it. But nice work on including the uh, the Ironclad Randall. Uh, you superstar. What a legend. Um, so that was the uh, Smash and Bash GT. Hope you guys, uh, hope whoever attended it had a great time. Uh, proud of you all. Um, disciples is each down there. Hoping for them. Uh, and look at this. So, like, just to, just to, for some clarity. Uh, Legion of Asgore. Hello. Few list. Oh, my God. Offensive. I'm just a Chaos Dwarf fan. That's all that was. Um, you see, what I'm trying to say is it's down here. You can have armies that are meant to be good. Seraphon, not doing good. Yeah, Magikin and Nurgle should be doing good. 
not doing good. Okay, so it does always require the skill of the player to make an army good, is what I'm going to say. Right, that's that event. On to the next. Let's go. Um, the buggy at GT is in Nebraska. Now, we found out recently that Nebraska is in the very middle of America. It's only got a population of 1.9 people with 24 peoples per square mile. So it's not that populated. According to the chat, according to the chat, um, we do have a couple of Nebraskans here. I think that's how you say it. Or Nebskis is the shorthand for Nebraskans. A couple of Nebskis in the chat. And they've said uh, that there's nothing but wheat fields uh, and a kind of sense of impending loss. Interesting. Anyway. At the event, we had Richard Coles win the event with a Maggotkin of Nurgle army. Oh, my goodness. Let's go check this out, shall we? So, oh, my God, it's a fucking picture. <laughs> okay, so he took a Maggotkin of Nurgle army, right, uh, with the befouling host, not drowned men. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. His grand strategy was Beastmaster, which means he has to keep a bunch of uh, of monsters alive. Um, and he had Blow, Rotspawn, Rotigus, Horticulix Limux, Sloppity Bar Piper. This is super exciting. And then four units of Beasts of Nurgle, two units of three Plague Drones, and two Feculent Narmors. Um, I did want to read a Magakin list, because this, is like, this isn't all flies, uh, which is really fun. Now, the interesting bit about all of these Magakin lists is that it f seems like... Um, I don't know. I don't know. This is kind of... Let me talk about how the list works in, in Elements. And let me talk about some elements about Nurgle in the current meta that are my thoughts on the situation and maybe aren't correct. But they're just how I, what I'm thinking at the moment. And we'll see whether or not that pans out over the course of the next few months. Because they are doing incredibly well and were one of the most successful armies at AOS Worlds if you take out all the outlying, incredibly good players. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Bloob is a character that just, like, doesn't die particularly easily, uh, and is got, and is also a wizard as well, right? Um, and has got the gift of disease, which is really useful. He's got Rotigus, um, who's got the ability to do, like, uh, damage at range, uh, but also is a very unkillable character. Not unkillable, because they've all got a five-up ward, right? And, but they all heal. They're multi-wound ward models with a five-up ward who also heal, and at one point in the wheel become a four-up ward, and that becomes pretty important. Sobity Barpiper, um, can stop units from piling in, as well as some other little elements, but that's kind of one of the key pieces of what it does. But the Witherstave artifact that he's carrying means that the disease points that get applied by being in proximity to any of the Nurgle army procs on a three instead of a four, which is really good for making sure you dish out additional mortal wounds. So it just makes the damage a little bit more spiky. And you've got Horticulix Slimux, who... Um, Gives reroll charges and plus one to hit to all of the Beast of Nurgle. The Beast of Nurgle have uh, run and charge, and they also have retreat and charge as well. So they're very, very fast, and when they charge in, they do mortal wounds, and when they leave, they do mortal wounds. So when they retreat, they also do mortal wounds. So you're against these kind of units that you can't really kill in Blob and Rotigus. And then you're being constantly hit by these Beasts of Nurgle, and then if that wasn't enough, you're being blocked up, so they've got some good ball control from the Plague Drones, who are doing a kind of similar job to what the characters are doing uh, in just holding objectives, moving and blocking, uh, and making it so those Beast of Nogle can do all of the damage. Then you've also got some really great summoning, right? Um, so, overall, it's a great attrition list. What's interesting is how effective this, these Nurgle lists are at the minute. Um, now, at the very top end, we're still seeing lots of Stormcast wins. We're seeing lots of, uh, like, Seraphon wins uh, are all things that we're seeing at the moment. But what I find really, really interesting about this is because we've had Seraphon have been in the Ascendancy for Age of Sigmar 3 for quite a while, it's pretty impossible to spike damage them off the board. What I mean by that is, is if you have a ton of damage 2 or even damage 3 attacks, because of the re damage reduction now by 1, you sometimes can't even wipe a unit off the board. Even though you've got like, like some like units, you're like, yeah, if I fight anyone but Seraphon, this is going to delete something. And you fight Seraphon, and it just doesn't really do the job, which is kind of interesting. Because I feel like that means that a lot of armies or a lot of builds mean that you don't really necessarily have like loads of egregious spike damage. Yeah. And that means that Nurgle get to slide in here and they're like, oh, I guess you're not doing tons and tons of damage. Like, you're doing loads, but you're not like tip top. Now, I don't really know exactly what I think like the perfect version of that would be. 
for instance, Iron Jaws aren't anywhere near as effective with Seraphon being so in the mix at a competitive end because the way that Iron Jaws do really well is by being damaged too because of their war chanters. So this means that the meta is really defined by that Seraphon, which I feel makes Magikin stronger because other armies are trying to adapt to play Seraphon. And so the, they can't do it through damage. They're doing it through something else. Now, that might not be 100% accurate, and that might, people just might be playing what they fucking want to play, which is probably more likely. But from a team perspective, uh, having looked at Worlds uh, and looking at other team results uh, recently, uh, I'd say that that seems to be fair, because Nurgle seemed to be a really, really good army into every matchup. Um, but that means there's no matchup to beat it. I don't know. It could just be. It could just be. And this is, this is very likely. The Richard Coles is a genius. So we'll go for that. Now, this is really exciting. Going into the 4-1 bracket is Dayton Kale with the Disciples of Zinch. Oh, my goodness. Haven't seen Disciples of Zinch do well in a while, and I'm excited to have one here. So he's running Host Arcanum, which means you can unbind spells on the first, third, and fifth turn. Um, also, you get a pregame move of D3 units that fly, and most of these fly. He's got a Kairos Fate Weaver. Amazing. 435 points. Kairos really just holding up the entire Zinch faction and most of the Chaos grand alliance he's got a change caster blue scribes bellacor also the other character just if kairos and bellacor left or if they just went to like i don't know if they started their own party like you know if they devolved which is kind of an english term uh for uh fucking up your system of governance uh they would um they could just do a breakaway party of just the bellacor and kairos party and i reckon most of the people would play in that like most of the people would vote kairos bellacor yeah, is what I'm saying. A lot of those people would be on that side of the fence. They'd be like, this is, I want to be over here because these guys know what's up. Um, so they're really good. Uh, and then you've got the Ogroid Thermitage. Now, the Ogroid's an interesting one because he's great. Um, they did start their own party. It's called Leaves of the First Prince. That's true, actually. I guess they did start their own party. <laughs> but if they did their own breakaway Grand Alliance, I guess they did. No, you're right. They have done it. You're absolutely right, chat. Okay, so Bellacore. Um, shuts down your opposing units uh you should know that by now and if you don't that's fine but the ogroid's cool because he's got a d6 mortal wound spell uh now if you uh so has the change caster and kairos has also got a flat six mortal wound spell kairos can cast the spells of other wizards within range so it means kairos who's a much better spell caster especially with the blue scribes around because the blue scribes has got a spell that lets you reroll casts what kairos then can do is do flat six mortal wounds and 2d6 mortal wounds at range making him a real machine gun bunker uh, which is quite cool, uh, if if that's what he wants to do. Because Bolt of Zinch, uh, plus the Changecaster spell, plus the Ogroid spell. So a load of mortal wounds. Pew, 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 pew. Like, just Danny DeVito Kairos. So I started blasting. Pow, 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 pow. Pow, 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 pow. Um, uh, and then you've got two units of three Karakakalites and a unit of Pink Horrors. And then Chronomantic Cogs for an additional spell cast. Um, and the Umbral Spell Portal. Now, don't forget... Oh, and the Tome of Eyes. I love the Tome of Eyes. That's an endless spell for Zinch, and we'll talk about that in a minute. The Umbral Spell Portal, obviously, for being able to do spells at further range. Only one spell, though. You can only do one spell through the Spell Portal. Cogs um, is an endless spell that you can cast, so you can do an additional cast, which is really useful, obviously, for the Zinch army, in case you've forgotten, or a new to Age of Sigma. The way that they get summoning points to be able to summon units is by casting spells. And you've got a lot of spells to cast here. Uh, the Chaos Feet Weaver can cast three. If you've got Cogs, that's four. Chaincaster can cast one, but, but can do some really fun stuff. Where every time they roll a nine to cast, they get to cast an additional spell. You can get up to seven spells cast with a Chaincaster, uh, or as I call them, the Windcaster. Um, but let's just say on average it's three. It might not be, but let's just say on average it's three. That already puts us up to seven. Bellacore can cast two spells, and Blue Scribes is one. That puts us up to ten. And then the Ogroids' final one puts us up to eleven. Uh, and then with the additional ones that we can bring in from the Karakakalites, that means uh, the... Oh, sorry, the Pink Horrors, sorry. The Pink Horrors. Uh, that means you're probably getting about ten fate points a turn. Ten fate points a turn is twenty Blue Horrors, which is forty wounds. Or you can save up two turns, you can have ten Pink Horrors, which is a load of wounds as well. Or you can get an Exalted Flamer, which is a nice little shooting piece uh, to bring into the army as well. So it's a summoning army that does some pretty good mortal wound output. Um, and yeah, really fun. Really fun. And really hard army to get 
into the top categories at the minute, especially because dragons ignore spells, so that's Storm Drake Guard. Um, you've got other wizards like Croak that can shut down spells really effectively. Like, you've got some really, really good stuff in there. So, yeah. Uh, so that's Dalton. Well done to him. Eugene Kale. Wait, Gloomspike Git. Oh, okay. No, Eugene, you didn't do it. But Bo Sias with Gloomspike Gits going 4 1. Have I said that right? Bo Sias? What did he take? Oh, Kragnos, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so he took Cragbro, a dank hold Trogboss. Uh, one unit of Trogos, uh, one unit of six full water Trogos, another unit of, so three rock guts, six rock guts, three more rock guts, and then six full waters, and then a marsh crawler slog off. So the whole army is re rolling charges, uh, and it's got plus one to hit from the marsh crawler slog off, um, and it's super, like, it's, it's big, chunky boys doing big damage so crag bro as you can see here a kragnos the end of empires as i should uh, effectively known him uh, you'll always know a kragnos player crag bro player uh, very much like anyone who listens to joe rogan podcast because they'll tell you uh, have you have you tried kragnos i'd really like to just run all of my cruel boys as cruel boys but have you heard about he's just got a really good show at kragnos he's just he's really good so that's kragnos um, and he gets reroll charges, and that means the Rocket Troggers, which are normally quite slow, are a lot faster, a lot faster, and can charge in and do loads of damage, right? Um, and that's really important because it's a combat army, no shooting, charges in. So there we go, easy peasy. So congratulations, because that's amazing, Bo. Amazing job going for that's that's really fun. That's really fun. Uh, so shout out to everyone over there at the Bug Eater GT. Next event is Rivals of Sigmar in Washington. In Washington. So let's go look at the results. Matt Beasley. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. In first place, a 5-0 with Hosts of Sanesh. That's right. 5-0. For everyone that said that they weren't able to do it, who's laughing now? Specifically, Matt Beasley is laughing his way to the bank because he is he's clearly... A genius. So he's running Heat Snash, he's running Invaders in the Lurid Haze, which lets you put D3 units. So you roll dice, pick uh, in D3. Thanks, Tarconex, for resubscribing. I can't believe I had to listen to your voice for 16 months. <laughs> ah, I appreciate you too. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, so you take D3 units and you can put them into Deep Strike, which means you can like uh, charge them from the side. He's got Chaos Sorcerer Lord on Manticore. Sigvald, who will always be the one to go on the side. Senessa, um, and then two units of Bliss Barb Archers, a unit of Hellstriders with Hell Scourges, so they're the combat versions. And then the Cronspine, Incarnate of Gur, and the Burning Head. Okay, um, and then he has a unit of ten Bliss Barb Seekers. No, sorry, what? Yeah, one unit of five Bliss Barb Seekers, sorry. And a unit of Centigore. Sorry, the app has terrible output. So, like, it's like, here are the units. There's the end of spell, which is when you stop reading. But then there are other units at the bottom. So, it doesn't matter. Um, so, Bliss Barb Seekers. So, that means he's got uh, three Archer units. He's got the Cronspine. And he's got Centigores. And he's got Hellstriders as well. Okay, so this is kind of interesting as well. So, the Cronspine Incarnate Agur is a really good conversation at the minute. Uh, it's like a hot topic. Uh, is the Cronspine too good for its points? At first reading, I thought, like, a bit meh. But the thing that we didn't really realise, well, I didn't realise, um, and a lot of the players who, like, uh, like, a lot more, like, focused on the minutia of making people not having a fun time, is the Cronspine Incarnate doesn't really die. Um, so unless you, so you apply wounds to it, and then you roll 3d6, and if you go over the wound cap, like 18, uh, then it goes down a level. But that means it definitely doesn't die that turn. So that means that you can hit it with the most scary thing in the world. And yes, you definitely will lower its level, but it won't die. So it'll go down a level, which means it gets to fight you back. And then the next turn, it gets to fight you back. So that's crazy strong, especially if it then kills something and goes back up a level, meaning it's effectively... Uh, it's not totally immortal. Now there were some, uh, con there was some consternation about exactly how the Cronspine Incarnate um, healing works. But it, it seems like if you f if you pass the roll, uh, so let's say you apply five wounds and you roll three d six, but you roll underneath the wound cap, then you're fine. 
right? Then you're fine uh, because it heals all of the wounds, which is uh, which is good. So um, it can, yes, obviously die. It does die, but it doesn't die until you've rolled. It doesn't remove it then. So normally the way Age of Sigmar works is you push a unit in, you kill something, and then it can't fight you back, unless it has a mechanic to fight you back. And then those are things that you're aware of. The Incarnate is different. You, it does get to fight you back, regardless of whether or not you've done any damage to it, or you've done a billion damage to it, right? And then, even at the end of that, it goes down a level, and it isn't removed from the board, which means in its next turn, if it goes next, it gets to fight you back, regardless of if you've dropped it a level or not, okay? Uh uh, in what world do you do 80 wins to anything that doesn't die unless it's a god model that costs 500 plus points? Yeah, I guess a lot of the people are talking about uh, what points value it should really come in at. But the real point is we don't know. Like, uh, And it seems to be pretty popular with a lot of lists. We saw last week the Marathian, the Boast X plus Incarnate, which was really fun. And that's why it's a really good conversation in this Sinesh list. Because actually, it seems to play fairly similar in the Sinesh list as well. Because you also can't retreat from it. So the, the Incarnate of Gur is going to be able to charge in, make it so you can't run away from it. Because you're in domination range. Big Daddy, Big Daddy Cronspine, baby. Yeah, let's go. Let's be horny. <laughs> no, don't be. And then um, you can shoot the heck out of stuff with the Bliss Barb Archers and also uh, the um, uh, the Bliss Barb Seekers. Uh, oh, wait. Bliss Barb Seekers? Yeah, the Bliss Barb Seekers. It's the Slick Blade Seekers, the combat ones, right? The Bliss Barb Seekers. So you can do loads of shooting, pow, 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 start pinging stuff off that can't retreat out. Uh, you've also then got Sigvald, who can go in and do some pretty decent output. And you've got Senessa. Senessa! Uh, who's able to dish out um, uh, command abilities all across the board. Uh, so really fun, really interesting list. I personally think this is uh, a lot to do with a player's skill uh, in here, but like it really does, it really does um, uh, help that there's some uh, incidentally uh, very strong additional unit in the Crunchbind Incarnate of Gur, which has made it so that what you're able to do um, uh, is bring up the power level of some of these like underpowered armies, so these underperforming armies. So Sinesh had been an underperforming army for all of Age of Sigmar 3, and so now the Incarnate has been included, and you can put that in. And I know what you're thinking, Rob, you could also include those in the more powerful armies, so actually it doesn't do anything for game balance, it just pushes armies that are already good higher, and armies that are lower, lower. Um, but that's a, that's a side note. In this particular situation, uh, it's helped one of the underperforming armies, which I think is great. I think that's really fun, um, and they should be super proud of themselves. So shout out to Matt Beasley from the Dimensional Cascade, you legend. Right, in the 4-1 bracket, we've got uh, a Drowned Men Magikin of Nurgle list, so I'm sure that'll be flies. Uh, Ricky Mans, uh, let's go. Let's just double check. Let's make sure I'm not being over the top. It was flies. Okay, great. Uh, well done, Mason, you legend. And then Ricky Mans was running corn. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, um, so uh, they've got a Blades of Corn Bloodlords army so Bloodthirst of Infected Fury Scarbrand Balakor Blood to create a Bloodthirst of Incense of Rage uh, some Battleline Flesh Hounds so three units of five uh, Flesh Hounds and that's it okay so the key part here is having lots of Bloodthirsters uh, specifically Bellacore shuts down the opponent's ability to like fight you which is so important or shoot you even more important Save Start and Demon Prince uh, with a mark of corn, I'm sure it does have the mark of corn. It just doesn't have it on there. Uh, it means you also can't charge them much, which is also really good. Uh, because really, what you want to do is you want to bring Scarbrand, the Bloodthirster, Incense and Rage, which is the Boom Thirster, and the Bloodthirster, Infected Fury, all into the fight, and you want them doing as much damage as possible, generating more Blood Tithe points. Uh, and with Blood Tithe points, you're able to do loads of really fun combinations, like you're able to move twice, fight the Hero Phase, all sorts of different elements. So that's really, really good. Um, and so uh, what he's doing is he's using debuffing units, Bellacore and Safe Start and Steam Prince, to make it so he can bring his power pieces of the Bloodthirster uh, Scarbrand. And, and also the Bellacore's also a fighting unit in of itself, right? Bellacore's like, good, right? Uh, um, course great in, like, in a fight, like good. A lot of people like kind of bemoaned Bellacore going up points, becoming more of a fighting monster. But I think the people that have been using Bellacore very consistently will not be too upset with uh, its points cost and its abilities, right? Uh, so the top three are Sinesh, Nurgle, and Corn. Yeah, I know, right? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, so Sinesh, 
uh, Nurgle and Corn. Where's Zinch, baby? You were so close. Um, and we've got a Soblight Grave Lords list. Nice. Really excited about that in 4-1. Let's take a look at this. Belladama, Manfred, Necromancer, Vordry, 2 times 20 Zombies, 2 times 10 Direwolves. Okay, so Vordry and Radical the Beast. So for an additional 10 Direwolves, because you can summon them out. So you've got Necromancer. This is kind of like the... the what's, what's the right way? This is like all of the toppings on your ice cream, right? I think in a lot of ways, like... Sometimes you go to the cinema, I don't know if you have these where whichever country you're listening from, sometimes you go to the cinema and you can have like a, an ice cream tub and it gives you the option of having like different ice cream flavours. And the Soul Black Grave Lords list is a lot like that. Because sometimes you kind of like, you say to yourself, well, I really like mint choc chip. Obviously, that's one of my favourites. Yeah. You like salted caramel. It's one of my favourites as well. Yeah. And maybe like pistachio. Big fan of pistachio as well. Right. Vanilla can get in the bin. Right, so th those are three. But do they go together? Do they go great together? Not sure. Would you be better off just going for like two salted caramel and a mint choc chip because those are your favourites? Maybe. Right. It's all like Grave Lords is a lot like this because you've got so many overlapping buffs that you can get from different characters like Belladama, Radikar, and Manfred as an example that buff up units like Graveguard, buff up units like Deadwalker Zombies, um, buff up units like uh, Skeletons that. You really say to yourself, like, oh, I'm gonna only have a couple. But in this situation, we've gone all we've gone five scoops, all toppings. We've got Belladama, we've got Manfred, we've got Vordry, we've got Radicar the Beast, and we've also got a Necromancer as well. So they all do um uh like uh like that's um that's it's just really like it's just fun you've got all of the cool characters doing all of the cool things you've got some like good control from belladama and her spell casting manfred's got some really fun board control and presence abilities from his ability to activate and teleport out of combat radicar's got run and charge and also ability to summon dogs to hold uh, the line vordry's got some amazing punch in combat and he's just really really effective uh, and then you've got like uh, the necromancer of piling attack twice on the zombies it's not great but not everyone could be uh, the 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 petromancer. So yeah, fun list. Love that. Uh, so that's Crystal Lemoy. And then James Lovell's running Deepkin. And unsurprising, another Nautilar list. Yeah, that Rend doing really well. Oh, um, and this is an Achillean King, Smash King, obviously. Uh, this time with a book for the Arcane Tome. And that Void Your Darkness, minus one to be hit. Ishran Solskraya, and then he's got a Leviadon. Two Leviadons! Oh, that's exciting! And then the Conspine Incarnate of Gur. Amazing. Love two Leviadons. What a cool pick. Two Leviadons. Actually love that. Actually super love that. Two Leviadons. That's 16 shots that do D3 damage at 24 inches and move 10. I think my move 10. Move 10, move 12. Uh, you've also got 10 Namati Reavers as well for an additional 20 shots. So lots of shooting while the Crunchbind Incarnate of Gur goes forward and fights and uh, makes it so you can't retreat from it in domination range. And then you're, you're firing a load of shots and then loads of Viadons are loads of damage. And then Leviadon, sorry, the Keelan King's also a little smash one. Uh, it's move 12, thanks baby. I thought it was move 10. I played it as move 10 the other day. <laughs> 12 is great. So it's got 36-inch effective range. Those 24-inch shots on those razor-shell harpoon shots that are on top are just lush. Huge fan of those. I think they're fantastic. Um, so, yeah, that's everything that's happened at Rivals of Sigmar. Shout out to Ricky Fisher for running his Gloomspite Gits and going 3-2. He should be super proud of himself. Good eye, mates. Over in Australia in Bendigo, at the Bendigo Club uh, in Victoria, uh, we had a Age of Sigmar tournament. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. I tried my hardest. I think the Bendigo boys will take the piss out of me, whatever I do. So I don't mind that, right? Okay. I'm trying, boys. So uh, the Bendigo boys, who've got like a, I think they've got like a YouTube show and a podcast all at the same time, so you can go check all that out. Um, they had 38 players playing in Victoria, um, uh, and then we have two, no, one five zero. Uh, so one five zero is Wayne Buck with his Maggot Kin of Nurgle. Let's go, Wayne. Shout out to you. Uh, oh no, it's on Tabletop TO. Sorry, Tabletop TO takes eight years to load because uh, it's built on a a potato. Just wait for it to load. Oh, this is 
this is stuff I really should cut out of like a video um, or a podcast, but I won't, right? Um, <laughs> let's start again. Let's try again. Okay, let's try again. We got it. Okay. Wayne Buck, let's go. Uh, so he's got Drowned Men, Lord of Afflictions, with the Overpowered Sense and the Shield of Growths. Now, uh, if you want, like to... Oh, hold on. Uh, Blowbrot Spawn, and then 20 Playbearers, 10 Playbearers, 4 Puskal Blight Lords, 3 Nurglings. Um, and it's all in a 7-drop. He's got a Hunter of the Heartland and a Vanguard Battalion. Now, slightly different to some lists that we've seen previously. Oh, he's got a Great and Clean one as well. I missed that. I'm sorry. So Great and Clean one. We've seen this before. It's got Fleshy Abundance. This gives plus one to the wounds characteristic. There's plenty of paper, 20 playbearers, which is amazing, right? So they have 40 wounds. They go up to having 60 wounds with a five-up ward, don't forget. So they become really, really tanky and survivable. Um, so that's a great and clean one. Uh, does that for them. Uh, and then he's got another unit of 10 playbearers. as a screen, hold objective, you know, whatever you want. He's got four Puskal Blight Lords, which are really good for going and pinning your opponent in, uh, holding objectives. We talked about this loads on Friday's show. Friday's show was a list tech show, which you can go and listen to, talking about Age of Sigmar, um, uh, where we talked about specifically the kind of fly list for Nurgle. Uh, this week, um, I'm not really certain which what list we're going to talk about on Friday, but do tune in. And then he's got three Nurglings as well. Um, so, again, very much like the Nurgle list I've talked about before, a load of unkillable characters uh, in the Great and Clean one. Not unkillable, hard to kill characters. Great and Clean one and Blob. Uh, and then a really tough to kill brick of 30 play, 20 playbearers. A really hard to kill unit of Puskal Blight Lords. We did the math on the Puskal Blight Lords. In order to kill four of them, it takes 98 uh, no-rend wound dice. So that's not to hit, that's not to wound. That's after you've rolled to hit, that's after you've rolled to wound. You give your opponent 100 to wound dice. Uh, no rend in order to kill them off. If they do all-out defense, it goes up to 148. They're very survivable. Very survivable. So ask yourself if you have that output in your list. Um, and then uh, you've got the Lord of Afflictions who's got this command trait overpower and stench, so you can't use uh, command abilities within range or uh, issue command abilities, which is just very effective. So it's just a really good army for, for holding... Uh, objectives and also a great and clean one does some great damage in combat Lord of Afflictions does some great damage the Puskal Blight Lords do some good damage and Blob even does some okay damage as well uh, so you get you get a lot of output but they definitely win turn 5 turn 4 turn 5 than they do earlier in the game um, so uh, really uh, big shout out to Wayne for, for producing a really good list slightly different to some of the other lists it's kind of an amalgamation between uh, what we saw previously being run by like Slotty earlier in the Nurgle book uh, rendition and then later in the edition uh, where we've seen lots of flies so it's kind of a, a nice amalgamation between the two and what's really nice is the book is strong enough to have an all fly list uh, a more kind of like beast of Nurgle list with plague bearers and then like a kind of conjunction of the two so it's got some real utility across itself as a book which I think is quite fun and we've even seen lists do well with uh, Blight Kings and, and a bunch of other stuff so it really does feel like uh, they're effective uh, as an army. Uh, okay, so then that is Rural Rampage. Let's go Rural Rampage. Uh, and then, oh, that's not all of it, sorry. And then you've got Seraphon in 4-1, uh, run by uh, Tyson Gleason. Patrick Nevin uh, with his Maggotkin of Nurgle. Uh, Nathan Thomas with his Fire Slayers. Nice. Uh, Ryan with his Daughters of Cain. Michael with his Luminous Throne Lords. Joel with his Fire Slayers. Well, two Fire Slayers going 4-1 is fantastic result. So let's just quickly look at Tyson's list. And hope it just loads a bit faster. Yes. Great. Thunder Lizard, Engine, Slan, Skink, Skink, Star, Stegodon, Cronspine Incarnate of Gur, two Bicillons of Solar Engine. Really popping up a lot is that Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. Um, so it's a Seraphon list that you can't run away from. So conjoining two of our favorite uh, bits of Age of Sigma 2, uh, unable to retreat from Zinch in conjunction with Seraphon. Uh, so Tyson, fantastic work there, taking that army out together. That's really good. Uh, then you've got Maggotkin of Nurgle um, being run by Patrick Nevin. So let's see what Pat did. Uh, so you've got Drown Men, Glockkin, Lord of Afflictions, Lord of Afflictions. So two Lord of Afflictions. It's got the Overpowering Stench, Stench sorry, and Split Horn Helm. We talked about that loads on Friday. And then Lord of Afflictions, then he's got two Puskal Blight Lords, five Blight Kings, two times ten Playbearers, and then one Puskal Blight Lord. Okay. Uh, all done. Uh, so good. Yeah, the Glotkin's the really interesting bit. I think a lot of people think 700 points for the Glotkin, but this is like the third or fourth time I've seen the Glotkin doing well at, at events. Um, that counter charge ability doing really well. We even saw it play at Worlds 
quite effectively uh, against the Fire Slayer's army, which I thought was really good. There's two units of Lord Afflictions. Um, what can I say? Great output, great survivability, um, really good at just shutting down your opponent. Um, and then the Pushkill Blight Lords. I mean, it's it's what I've said about other lists. But the key point here is the Glockkin. And the Glockkin's ability to counter charge is just so cool, man. Like, really, 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 really fun. Um, so, love that. Uh, Nathan Thomas with a Fire Slayers list. So this will be new Fire Slayers. Auric Rune Father on Magmadroth. Rune Son on Magmadroth. Rune Son on Magmadroth. Rune Son on Magmadroth. The Rune Smiter. Then 10 Hearthguard Berserkers. And a bunch of free kill pistoliers. 105 points. Those have got to be screens. I feel. Yeah. 105 points. It's really tough to get like a cavalry base. Um, old screens used to be 80 point 10 man units or 70, 60 point 10 man units or 60 was rare. It used to be like 80 point 10 man units was about the average. And what they would do is they would just stop things like, I don't know, like a, a dragon charge, I guess, or, you know, something that would go really fast, like a, a unit of. Uh, Gore Grunters that would move across the board, they would charge in and they would hit you. So that's what screens are really for. They're to stop you, your good stuff from getting hit first if your opponent's faster or, or got more mobility. Free Guild Pistoliers or any cavalry that rocks around 100 points. Because the game generally went up 20%. From AOS 2 to AOS 3, the game got more expensive by about 20%. So having these Free Guild Pistoliers be the same, because they basically take about the same footprint up, uh, as a cavalry base to cavalry base to cavalry base to cavalry base you end up with a uh, a really good kind of line and another line um, for screens which is very much like the old 10-man thing now they change coherency to specifically try to stop stuff like that um, but then clever people like Pat just thought around it uh, sorry Nathan sorry just thought around it was like well I'll just get something else um, uh, like uh, okay, so anyway, so that's free Guild Pistolers. Happy about that. Ten Hearthguard Berserkers, great combat unit, really good at fighting. And then you've got the Uruk Rune Smiter with Curse, and then you've got um, the Uruk Rune Son of Magma Droth twice, or sorry, three times, and then the Uruk Rune Fire of Magma Droth. I guess when you ever see competitive players running something um, three times, you know that it's good, right? So this Uruk Rune Son of Magma Droth looking hot, right? Um, doing lots of shooting, lots of fighting. Um, so it seems like, and we've seen this multiple times, we've seen multiple Magma Dross being played in different lists, uh, and I'm unsurprised, especially in the era of the monster. It'll be interesting to see how this changes in a new GHB, and if these monster lists are being run as much, but we'll see. Um, okay. Right, so that is Nathan Thomas. Shout out to him and Pat. So you all did really well. Ryan was running Daughters of Cain, and then Mike Tom. Michael Thomas was sorry Thompson was running Lumineth Realm Lords. Joel was running his Fire Slayers. So let's just take a moment to look at this. So Ryan was running Daughters of Cain, uh, and he was running Melise Ironscale, Marathi, ten Blood not Stepsisters, uh, five Blood Sisters, fifteen Blood Stalkers, and ten Witch Elves, and five sh nine Shadow Stalkers. So this is Marathi and the Bow Snakes. Um, and I don't need to explain this to you. It's been explained before. Mike Thomas is running Lumineth Realm Lords. He's running Teclas, a Venari Lord Regent, and a Hurricane Wind Mage. Then 20 Sentinels, 20 Wardens, 10 more Wardens, and 5 Dawn Riders. So very different to some of the lists we've seen previously. Uh, maintaining some of those, you tend to generally tend to have 30 Sentinels and Teclas, or 30 Sentinels and the Wind Spirits. This has got a little mixture of both, which is super fun. Teclas has got uh, just some re um, spell portal still available in here as well. No life swarm, nice. So probably playing a more aggressive Teclas, which I would love to see on the tabletop. We saw Archie do this at Six Nations, and I honestly think you can do aggressive Teclas. We always see Castle Teclas, so Castle Teclas at the back of the board, giving a five up ward save in a bubble. But aggressive Teclas, um, I think, has got some real play. You could really, like, move him around the board and get him in a fight. He's got the ability to save stack probably better than most other armies because, obviously, Mystic Shield, Heroic Actions, um, All-Out Defense, and then Egg the Quartz. So you've got some big rend reduction in Teclis, uh, in my opinion. Um, however, you've also then got some really fighting units, uh, really good fighting units in these 20 Wardens and 10 Wardens, and you've still got 20 Sentinels to deal with things that might be a problem. Um... Uh, right, uh, so yeah, like just just genuinely uh, a very good mixture of elements, 
but to push it to a 4-1, uh, I'm actually, I think that's really, really fantastic. And I bet he played some really, like, I bet you didn't see defensive techless. And I'm actually quite excited to see that. What I'm saying is, ladies and gentlemen, is if you've got yourself a techless out there, start charging. Right? I want to see more of that. Like, then Joel was running a Fire Slayers list. Um, he had an Uruk Rune Father on Magmadroth, um, an Uruk Rune Smiter, an Uruk Rune Son, Rune Son, Rune Son. So three on Magmadroth, 10 Hearthguard Berserkers. And then he's allied in 20 Arcanaut Company. So, very much like the list we also saw go for one at the same event. Triple Rune Son on Magmadroth, um, and then the Rune Father on Magmadroth. So, all those elements are the same. Uh, and then he had a Rune Smiter, um, and with a different prayer. So, he's got Emberstorm versus Curse. And then we've allied in, and we've even got our 10 Hearthguard Berserkers. But we've allied in a different unit. This time, we've got 20 Arcanaut Company. So, instead of just being the Pistoliers, so he's actually gone for a slightly cheaper ally because those were 210 points for the two units of Pistoliers. Instead, he's got himself 20 Arcanaut. Uh, so the same amount of wounds, but he's got maybe slightly different utility on the tabletop, which I think is great. Um, really cool to see that. So it really does feel like they've they've not solved, but they're, they're starting to work out something to work that works with Fire Slayers, which is fun. So Rune Sons. Uh, let's see how these develop over the next few months and see how these Fire Slayers change. Cause Fire Slayers lists change, because I think that's... That's really interesting. Okay, so that's everything at Rural Rampage. The Australian community uh, had a lot of time off in the early Age Sigma 3 with lockdowns and such. So it's really nice to see them getting out there playing some games. And I hope they continue to have loads of fun. See you guys. Oh, and on to the next event. So Quest of Champions, Heat 3. I've been to this venue. It's lovely. As a working class... Oh, clash? <laughs> As a working class English fellow, it's particularly good because it's next to a Weatherspoons, which is... For people who haven't been to the Weatherspoons, it's where the finest microwave technicians will knock you up the cheapest and most unethically sourced food it's possible to purchase at a very cheap price, which is great. Yeah. Love it. Love a good Weatherspoons. Okay. Not the guy that runs it, uh, but it's right next door. And the venue itself is great. Good coffee, really nice tables. I can't say enough about this particular venue, uh, which is called Sanctuary in sanctuary in somewhere basically but it's a really nice place anyway so quest of champion champions heat three uh was run by one by oh my god all my words was won by dan george from the bucks wargaming collective and he won it with his sons of behemoth breaker tribe which is fun for dan um so I, I, dan came to an event here recently and he loved it so well i don't want to talk for him um but I think he had a good time. So it's been a while since Sons of Behemoth have actually done really well at events. So he took a Breaker Tribe list and he took a, a Gatebreaker, a Gatebreaker, another Gatebreaker, and then the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so those three units uh, are hold objectives really well. How do Mega Gargots work, I hear you ask? Well, let me tell you. What you do is you move on to an objective and you fight stuff um and then if they can't fight you then uh then because they're fighting an incarnate that doesn't die then that's good or if they can't kill you in a turn so basically in order to beat these armies you have to beat them by like turn three otherwise they've held too many primary objectives more than you um and like as in killed them sorry you've got to kill two uh, and that's hard to do Right, especially when you've got a Gatebreaker with the Arcane Tome and Flaming Weapons. So he's got a, f a huge, massive, flaming flail that's just like smashing you uh, and just like just doing being damaged for and just, just kicking your ass, um, which is really cool. So love that. Love that. So well done to him. So three big Gatebreakers. Uh, I didn't think you could get three in a Cronspine. So good. So good. Uh, that must be really fun to play against. Like, the most fun. Uh, now, Alex has got a big wild list. So he went 4-1. Uh, I don't have a ton of time to play it in Gargs are so fun because you just fucking fight shit <laughs> all day. That's fun. Okay, so JK in the chat is like, I love it. I love playing with my Gargans. Yeah, if you're new, if you're new and for some reason listen to this point and you want to go play some Warhammies, 100% copy that list. Just get three Mega Gargants, three Gatebreakers, get the Cronspine, and just have the most fun. 
Yeah, you'll be fighting stuff all the time. You'll just be like mere mortals, or not even mere mortals, all shenanigans, all types of creatures and monsters and characters of the realms will be running up to you and trying to like kick you in the legs and you'll just be a big smashy mega gargant stomping on people's faces and you'll be having a great time you'll be having the most fun right big war uh, a big war list nice nice so this is an amalgamation of different uruk war clan armies so the three uruk war clan armies you've got iron jaws you've got cruel boys and you've of course got uh what are they called? Bone splitters. Those three. Now, you can play each one of those individually, and you get your own special abilities for doing so, but you can conjoin them into what's called a big war. A big war, where all of the Uruks come together under one unified banner. Now, it would be good if they actually ended up being, if big war was always better than the others, proving uh, that 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 orc multiculturalism was stronger than the others. Uh, but currently, it doesn't look like that's true. Okay, so... Uruk Mega Boss, a War Chanter, a War Chanter, and a Breaker Boss on my Brute Trogoth, yeah? Or as it's known, the Celestine Slime. Swamp Caller Shaman and a Wurgog Prophet. Then 15 R Boys, 10 R Boys, and 5 Brutes. And then three lots, uh, two lots of Gorg Runters and some Manscure Bolt Boys. Now, what's really nice about this Big War list is you get to take different elements from different parts of the book and conjoin it into what feels like a more cohesive army that is an army that's able to go fast and do damage in combat while also providing some fire support from like things like the manskewer bolt boys uh, which can do some really nice mortal wounds and then two units of three gore grunters which can go uh, quite fast uh, do some output uh, and then you've got the mega boss on foot and then the marbu trogoth for some good fighting as well and then you've got the wergog prophet who potentially can murder anything in the game as long as you can roll the right amount of dice uh, so that's the Wurgog. So big shout out going full on there. So Alex should be super happy with that. Michael Wilding was running Cities of Sigmar Tempest Eye. So this will be like 90 Phoenix Guard. I'm pretty certain. Let me just double check. It is 90 Phoenix Guard. So you go. Or 80 Phoenix Guard. All with Flamespire Phoenixes, which is amazing. Um, and then you've got uh, Samuel Kilby with his Stave Starkness, Host of the Ever Chosen, go 4 1. And then Liam. Uh, from the Dragon Slayers with his Lumineth Realm Lords. So, host ever chosen six circle, Archeon, Chaos Social Lord, Chaos Lord, and then two units of three Varangard, five Chaos Knights, two units of nine Untamed Beasts. Um, so, pre game move the Untamed Beasts as a screen. Um, and then you've got Archeon uh, and those Varangard that do all that combat in damage. Uh, sorry, all <laughs> damage in combat, sorry. Uh, and then you've got Chaos Sorcerer Lord and the Chaos Lord. Chaos Sorcerer Lord uh, for being able to buff those units and the Chaos Lord for making things pile in the attack twice. So it's all about the output. It's all Mark Zinch, which means he gets reroll ones to saves and the army's already on a three-up armor save pretty much across the board, which means that they're very survivable and they really can ignore a lot of the damage that's coming in. So they're, they're very, very tanky and they're very fighty. They also know who gets the next turn so they can be a lot more... Um, because they've got a special cup that they put a dice in. They're like, okay, I know who's won the next priority. So they can either be mega aggressive or very defensive, which is good. They also do extra damage on the charge because they're in the sixth circle. Um, so there you go. So that's how the uh, that's how the army plays. So uh, lots of output, lots of fighting. And it, it's genuinely a very cool list. Like, I personally think this is one of the cooler lists, even though it's got Archeon in, and I would prefer not to see god characters anymore. Um, but the Varangard are really, really cool. Uh, and the Untamed Beast tech for the for the pregame move for the screen is is really fun. And then Lee, Liam was running his Lumeth Realm Lords Techless, a Cathlar, a Lord Regent. Uh, then one unit of 20 Sentinels, uh, one unit of 10, two units of 10 Wardens, and then uh, five Dawn Riders, and then five Stone Guard as well. Okay, interesting. So kind of similar to what we've said about the Lumeth list before. Techless running around, um, uh, doing what he does. Uh, is fun, and they still got the Sentinels for the shooting. So there's not tons to say about these lists, but the inclusion of the Stone Guard of the Dawn Riders is, in my opinion, really, really fun and makes the list very interesting. So that is everything from this week's res event results. We also had uh, at least one team event being held in Wales, uh, which is cool, but. I think, uh, oh, thanks JK Ray for donating five gift subs in the chat. That's so cool of you. Super appreciated. Uh, I think overall, the kind of theme 
for this week at least, it feels like the Cronspine Incarnate is really making a name for itself. Really making a name for itself in a bunch of different lists. In a bunch of different lists. We've had Sinesh do crazy well this week, which is amazing. Uh, we've had a bunch of different lists do well with the inclusion of the Incarnate. Not really certain how I feel about it. Uh, feels good. Feels like it's a, it's a good uh, piece. Are you using it in your armies is the real question. Are you out there? Are you planning on putting it in your armies? Are you going to use it? Those are things I'd like to know. Not really sure. Anyway, that's it. So if you've enjoyed the show, please do like and subscribe. Uh, you can always follow us as a podcast or join us live on Twitch uh, as well, and as well as joining our Patreon. Thanks for listening. And as always, thank you to the Twitch chat for joining me on this grand adventure.